You're currently listening to Onyx and the world of oil derivatives. I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce you to Onyx Insight, a reporting and analysis service that focuses particularly on the oil swaps market. The service comes in a form of daily WhatsApp updates, trading window reviews, monthly reports, and liquidity and volatility assessments. All our information is derived directly from our trading floor of Onyx Commodities, the number one liquidity provider of oil swaps globally. There's no service like ours, providing expert analysis across the barrel and reporting in real time from those with real skin in the game. To find out more information and sign up to our free trial, visit our website at www.onyxcapitaladvisory.com or Google Onyx Advisory Insight. Also, please be sure to check out our LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. Welcome to another podcast with Onyx Advisory. So I am Greg Newman, the CEO of Onyx Capital Group, and with me again is Rich Rawlingson, the head of commercial Onyx Advisory. Hello. So we are now on the next stage of our pathway of discussing hedging and all its granularity and understanding that we think needs to be developed and coming at it from our own angle. Um, so today is going to be about choosing the right product. Very Last important. week we talked about produce to pay, and Rich, just give us an overview of what you kind of covered. Yeah, it was, it was a really exciting podcast actually. It stemmed on from originally we discussed about hedging, and then I went one step further with my ten uh, my ten stage methodology on produce to pay. Mm. So this is essentially more looking at how companies invoice manage. You know, it's the invoice management. At what point are they acknowledging exposure in their either procure to pay or their profit and loss. So really time related, you know, is the time that we raise the purchase order, what's the lead time between goods received and, you know, what's the what's our uh, payment terms? You know, have we got 30, 60, 90 day payment terms? Because all that change in time frame changes the hedge, changes the structure. So let, let's bring it right back to, to choosing the right contract. Yeah. Where, where do we start? There's a lot of, there's a lot of contracts nowadays, aren't there? I guess there are, and I think, this is again, I like to talk about oil as if it's unique and it is in terms of how it's priced and the kind of dynamics, but ultimately it's similar, very similar to financial instruments yeah. elsewhere, bonds, FX, etc. in the sense that there's a benchmark. Right. Right? We, we, everything sources from a benchmark and if you, even if you look at our pricing sheets in the trading floor, you know, even our Excel sheets, they're priced against Brent futures. Right. And then we start extrapolating all the other prices of all the other contracts essentially from this price. Yeah. That is what a benchmark is, a reference price. So traditionally, Brent futures have always been the most liquid and the, yeah. and the most referenceable for uh, oil prices. And in fact, it's still said to be you know, the, a proportion of at least 70% of oil's pricing, albeit you know, a lot of these prices are d- derived off it, but ultimately Brent futures has such a big okay. part of it. But um, so Brent futures, Brent crude futures are what you see in the news every day. Very easily accessible. You can even Google it. Yeah, to get the number the everyone numbers. knows. The number everyone knows, okay. and that's what people, you know, kind of say is the oil price. Yeah. But actually, it's Brent crude futures. Brent is doesn't sound crude. granular, doesn't no, it? Sounds yeah. like a top level, right? Well, it is, me. but actually, Brent crude futures is North Sea oil. Um, and actually five fields in the North Sea oil, not even the whole North Sea. So you actually are talking about something quite specific, but it's been used as a reference and a yeah. benchmark for everything else. 
Just yeah. on that, for yeah. those people Googling, it's Brent, Forties, Oseberg, Ekafisk, and the latest edition of Troll. Yeah. Uh, we can come on to that another couple of I mean, weeks. That is, that is getting granular, but it still references the point that yeah. it's, it's something specific. It's not like it's the whole world's oil mm. in a big pool. It's yeah, a very space. specific area. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this has always worked very well for the oil markets. Um, choose, choose an area which is transparent, which you can gain good information on, yeah. and then ultimately track the deals, and then that can be determined the price determined from yeah. those deals can be used to reference everything else yeah. and, and that's worked fine solid foundation but the the thing is is that as we've gone on especially in the last let's say five to ten years the oil market has evolved quite considerably so to the point where on the derivative side you have you know a plethora of contracts just so many yeah. with such deep granularity that it's actually not just Advisable. It's really imperative that you take advantage of this because it it's there to be hedged. It's there right. to get specific and choosing the right contract for your physical. There's no real excuse now, essentially, okay. for using Brent crude futures to price everything. Where yeah. that is how it used to be, and justifiably so. And I think the main reason why yeah. is the liquidity aspect. Mm. So for liquidity, you know, when we say liquidity, for those of you who don't know, and to be clear, we know there's going to be different types of people who different varying levels of complexity. An understanding of yeah. oil who are going to be listening to this hopefully <laughs> but yeah. um, that's not a problem ultimately when we say liquidity we mean entering and exit a contract mm. with efficiency or varying efficiency so you have a price for the buyer you have a price for the seller and then you know the tighter that is around the perceived value yeah i.e the closer those two prices are to where the reference price is and how much volume is on the buy side and the sell side that determines the liquidity so it's all well and good having a price yeah and everyone knowing it but you know if, if you want to sell a kind of reasonable size and it costs you a dollar per barrel to enter the trade then it's not re- reference price doesn't mean very much I so, see. so liquidity is very important for the integrity of a benchmark which is why Brent crude futures have been so important for so long mm. um, but as I say the evolution of the market yeah. into swaps and much more liquidity in the swaps market yeah. means that hedges can now look at these swaps and start to hedge with much more granularity and much more accuracy. And that has come essentially from the rise of the market makers, of which we say Onyx, Onyx Capital Group, Onyx Commodities, is, yeah. is the, uh, the largest liquidity provider of that market. Um, so I, I, know, I know I'm talking, but I just want no, to just sort of finish fair, the trajectory like so we can kind of talk yeah. on, on it more. So you have the liquidity aspects, but as I say, now that contracts are more liquid, your, your, the name of the game now is this concept of basis. It's a very kind of generic um, definition of basis risk. It's the difference between your physical price and the actual price that you use to hedge. Okay. So once your physical has priced out, ultimately when it's been decided, and again, you're gonna be referencing a benchmark and yeah. you say, well, okay, well, we're gonna agree a differential plus or minus yeah. um, this benchmark. So when it comes to that benchmark being settled and the final price being settled, Hopefully your hedge really closely mimics that. That's, yeah. you know, that's what hedging is. That's what okay. we're all, all about. Mimicking but the, the physical. Exactly. The bigger the difference, the bigger the basis, yeah. or the bigger the basis risk, essentially. So that's why choosing the right contract is so important. It's introducing this idea of eliminating basis, or at least attempting to remove it as best you can. It's never going to be 100%. Mm. I mean, that is just the way it works. Yeah. But you can definitely get a lot more granular than just Brent crude futures. And we were talking about this just, just before we came on. Jet fuel, for instance, let's yeah. just use that example because right. you know it's a lot. Uh, people know about it more yeah. than, than most oil products. 
So you have a price for Brent crude futures, then you've got a price for jet fuel. So you know that you had no real choice, as I say, but, uh, ten or so years ago. You want to get liquidity. You're a big airline that's got big volume that needs to hedge a huge amount of oil. You're going to use Brent crude futures because yeah. that's where liquidity is, and and that's important for you to actually be able to get your hedge on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue comes when you wanted to buy Brent crude futures as a way to hedge your purchasing of jet fuel. Doesn't when it comes to pricing out yeah. the jet fuel. <laughs> then in theory, Brent Crew Futures could have done nothing, i.e. bought this contract in order to track jet fuel, and it could have done nothing for a year, yeah. in theory. Apples and oranges <laughs> into mine. You but know, then jet similar. fuel, relative to Brent, might have moved quite considerably. So the worst thing about this is, you use Brent Crew Futures in this example, you buy them to hedge your jet fuel, Yeah. the physical then prices out, the Brent Crew Futures have done nothing, but the jet fuel price has gotten relative to Brent, has moved three, four, five dollars per barrel higher. Right. So you've now lost five dollars per barrel on your physical relative yeah. to where you could have locked it in. And the Brent crew futures did nothing. This is... Worst case, Brent crew futures oh, moved down. Lose, lose. So you lose on both your hedge and your physical. So yeah. it costs you more money to buy your jet fuel and it, the, the, the um, contract that you used to hedge did nothing to offset it. And this was what we were originally talking about yeah. first. This concept of offsetting is just absolutely not the way you should be thinking of it. It's about mimicking the physical, okay. which, again, you couldn't do before as well, but you can now. So yeah. There's no real excuse. So I'll let you talk. Now. No, 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 there was, lo- there was loads to go on. I, I obviously think of things a little bit differently to you, Greg. I'm not the oil trader. I'm more the idea with finance directors, treasuries, CFOs, risk management committees. And you did touch on entry and exit before. Yep. It's massively important because... Just like uh, any business, you know, yes, I might be able to save a dollar here and there, Mm -hmm. but I need the guarantee. It's like an insurance policy, you know, you didn't necessarily need to get the super comprehensive cover, but you like to have that security and a business likes security. So entry and exit. All I'm thinking is the more niche the contract, Mm -hmm. surely the less liquid the contract is and it's harder to to enter and exit. How how does the Onyx advisory team get around that? This is the thing. So, I mean, as I say, it's evolved so much that it's just the layers of complexity get more granular. But we still, it's still a big jump from saying the difference between Brent crew futures, you can now hedge jet fuel. Okay, but now which jet fuel? Right. So you've got the time, which I'm assuming you know everyone will get right to begin with. Yeah. When do you want to hedge? You want to hedge a year forward, two years forward. That's the first thing. Second thing is the product. Okay, so you're not choosing Brent crude futures anymore. You're choosing jet fuel swaps. Okay, but hang on a sec. Which jet fuel where? So geographical constraints. Are you buying jet in Northwest Europe? Northwest Europe? Yeah. Are you buying it in the Mediterranean? Are you buying it in the US? Are you buying it in Singapore? Right. Middle East? You know, there's a there's a lot of areas you can buy yeah. jet fuel, um, and there's big price disparities between these regions. So Onyx has access to all those contracts. Yeah, though, right? coverage across the across the barrel, across the, across the region, okay. every swap that exists, we provide a price. Oh, for absolutely. Um, so the geograph- geographical cons- constraints are the next thing. But then after that, you might actually have the right region, the right product, the right product, the right time. But now you've got to vary the uh, sorry, um, incorporate the specification. Right. So, go on. type of sulfur? Ah. Are you buying a low sulfur or oh, medium sulfur? Jet the fuel. podcast coming on there. <laughs> Hashtag IMO twenty twenty for all the listeners. Exactly. Right. I so, see. So next year, there's sulfur regulations coming in for, um, sorry, maximum sulfur regulations coming in for shipping fuel. 
but there's also talk of it being the case for gasoline as well, which is going to be some sulfur credits introduced, things like that. It's you know it's the pathway to a more the word evolution again. We're evolving yeah, exactly. again, aren't we? Um, so you have the time, then you have the product, then you have the geography, then you have the specification, and then of course you need to execute it. So just like Rich said, well, the more complex you get, surely the less liquid, and that is generally the rule. But that, that is the whole point of a market maker. They're there to extrapolate a price from all these products that are ultimately linked by price in some way. Yeah. So when I was saying the benchmarks are Brent crew futures, mm. then you, there's a differential for getting Brent crew futures to Brent swaps, yeah. then Brent swaps to dated Brent, then dated Brent to jet fuel to so whatever all, it is. And then you go although like, there still might be an inelasticity of, doing, of choosing the right contract or the more niche contract, it's still going to be we would think better off than that generic benchmark run-of-the-mill one that people have always well, that's the seen thing. and that, that's the trend that's not for us to decide right I guess that's for business but, but and risk management it's funny you say that though because okay. again we're kind of got past the core points here now but what I would say is again that kind of definition of the difference between the physical price and the price mm. and the contract you hedged if you have sound risk management and you're fully aware of this and you're you know, whether it's the right third party you've used for a hedging yeah. solution or you've got a trading team yourself and it's, they're doing it the right way, etc. Then, okay, back in the day, or back in the day, five to 10 years ago, the hedging, everyone was hedging in a kind of different, or well, one particular way, okay. and no one was really that good at it. And actually, there's a lot of evidence in jet fuel market in particular, and the yeah. bunkering market, they've done it very poorly for the longest time. Okay. That's another discussion. Right. But those who've done it well now and, and, and have, have taken advantage of the, uh, the kind of granularity in the oil swaps, whereas two, three dollars per barrel difference in your hedge, which has cost them 60 to 100 million, let's say, yeah. you know, their competitors were all struggling with that. The top airlines might be saying, well, actually, we're really doing well on our hedging. Mm. And you know, over the years, we've managed to be very sound with our risk management okay. and very good with our mimicking physical and our budgeting's all smooth, our yeah. cash flow's smooth. And that means we're still in business. And that's my whole point. Every Absolutely. industry gets more and more efficient. Every industry, there's a pathway to efficiency and yeah. competition does that. So to not hedge correctly and to not manage that granularity that you can do now, yeah. is available to you now, just means you're going to fall behind the competition. Well, you've, I'm sure you've listened to podcast two out there, listeners, where on my procure to pay, that is the <laughs> conclusion. Yeah. That if you don't hedge, and so if, you know, if you're not hedging, you're speculating. And if you are speculating and it goes to the downside against you, yeah. and I think our example was we had a 5% profit margin and from the day we booked right. our trade on, it was always 6%. Yeah. So we had two choices, sell the product at a loss, my bank manager wasn't particularly happy at that, <laughs> or put the price up to our customers. And it was a really, it was a really, uh, it was a non-luxury market that the, that the customer said, and he couldn't raise the price. So he had, to, he had to swallow the loss, and then no, no, next exactly. year made a better hedge. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's a great point, because I think, I think that's not really understood, that. even that, that level where you're saying, okay, well, whatever the prices are, we pass it on to mm. the consumer. But eventually that's gonna, the pathway to efficiency, that's gonna burn you at some point, yeah. because you're, you're taking that chance, and actually the competitor next to you is like, well, I hedged five years yeah. forward at this price, and yes, the price might have been higher or lower, and at times you might have done better than me, but on average, doing the right thing will always be the most, ac the most accurate hedge, will always be the right thing to do, yeah. eventually. Mm. Um, so if they've done that correctly and budgeted well within their constraints, and that's when they take over, you know, they're the ones yeah. running their own business, but they've done that with the hedging, the oil price and the product price, whatever it is, yeah. then suddenly they're in a position where they can completely outcompete the rest on yeah. prices. I mean, that, that is common sense, but I think, 
we're just I think more what we're saying we're not trying to tell people how to run their businesses yeah. it's more when it comes to the old price and any kind of exposure there's no real kind of getting away from the fact that being the most granular eliminating basis mimicking your physical as best as possible with the tools that are now available yeah. to you there's just no substitute for it so obviously we would say this is what we do we're experts this is we built a whole business on derivatives and trading the efficiencies i mean our business is a market making business on the trading side yeah and everyone says oh it's so so competitive there's never been more there's it's never been more uh more of a tight bid offer i.e there's never been better liquidity how do you guys yeah. still make money market making well we're not going to give away our secrets but ultimately we're just very good at what we do yeah so we're always saying that that's what our business is all about. We're all about being an, on top of that pathway to efficiency, yeah. and being on, being at the front of it. And I think companies should be looking to do the same. What is, you know, consultancy fees or some kind of a fee arrangement with a third party like Onyx yeah. compared to you know having this huge business that is absolutely kind of efficient and optimized. Yeah. For, and so oil prices and anything to consider, and they can get on running everything else. And there's no, I just feel like it's such a good trade-off. Unfortunately, and this is back to our f- first podcast, there's just a lot of people who do it wrong, and there's a lot of people who give very bad advice. Yeah. And this is essentially what this podcast and this series is all about. We want you guys to understand it, right? Mm. We want people to say, oh, okay, right, I kind of get it now. Yeah. Or, or like, maybe I didn't <coughs> really care to think about it before, yeah. but okay, this is, and now we can have a discussion. Well, it's exactly, this is just, you know, this is how my FX career kicks off, really. So hedging wasn't a massive thing. And then the word hedging came in. It's actually forward contracts is the equivalent thing for foreign exchange. And everyone would do a fixed forward contract. So, Greg, you and I have a business and we need to pay a supplier in six months' time $1 million. And we would fix the price in six months' time. That's great. And that's almost, to me, sounds like the benchmarking of Brent crude futures because it is one way of doing it it is a really liquid way of doing it it gives you a nice guarantee mm-hmm. but it's probably not the most granular it's probably not the right thing it's for what, your business and 80 to 85% yeah that 15% difference is so big now. that is the, yeah so that makes prices, the competitive difference I right. guess at the end yeah. and maybe that's another thing to, to highlight just in general when you look at the Brent crude futures price I know everyone's aware it's very boom and bust and go from $40 to $120 back down to $28 per yeah. barrel blah 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 so if you hedge with Brent futures, yeah, you are cutting out the core of the volatility. So yeah. we should obviously mention that. But I guess what's probably less understood is the differentials, i.e. The, the jet fuel differentials to Brent, the diesel differentials to Brent, yeah. the bunker fuel to Brent. These move an incredible mm. amount. And just this year, we're looking at how the bunker fuel prices have gone yeah. from minus 10, 12 to Brent yeah. down to minus $30 a barrel. Okay. So, you know, you're looking at $18 per barrel with Brent, you know, essentially not done much in the last year uh, in terms of where it was at the beginning, where it is now, despite, you know, the volatility in between. So if you hadn't hedged your fuel or bunker fuel differential to Brent, $18 a barrel. I mean, these guys are hedging. I mean, at the very lowest point, we're looking at like a few hundred thousand barrels a year and you just do the maths on that and that's millions and millions and millions so you can see how much difference it makes you can't just there's no real excuse for it and I think businesses will be burnt by doing it that way and it kind of goes to our overall philosophy okay so we'll leave it there I guess yeah I I think we've summed up you know we've we've already discussed why hedging who hedging uh, invoice management you've touched on benchmarks exit and entry yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, liquidity fixed versus flexi the basis that was really interesting to me I, it is and I what, think we can get more 
more grand I might do a little but occasionally listeners just you know I do a, a follow up podcast just two or three minutes to, for the more corporate the less trading elements so I might touch on that base just with a bit of maths yeah. uh, to, to make it all nice and simple but thank you very much for your time Greg and I was just going to say the thing after that would be you know you've got quite all this understanding of where what to do how to evaluate all these constraints yeah. time products geographical spec etc then you need to execute it right. and execution is you know another thing which I think all is widely misunderstood because you know what is annoying for me personally to be honest mm-hmm. with you is people say oh but you you know you, you bought oil and oil has gone from here to here you bought jet you bought diesel whatever it's like yeah but you don't know when I entered yeah. you don't know when I exited so you know this whole concept of just because I made the right call well actually I mean I'm just going to give this example I know yeah yeah you know, we've, got a, we've got a prop competition that goes on in, in the firm as a way to train the juniors they, they, they come up with their ideas they do their analysis they see what's going on they say like this is what I want to do because this is what I think is going to happen and I'm going to go and express my trade and what happens every single time yeah. to begin with I mean they learn obviously and then they get better and that's yeah. what training's all that's about that's what it's about but you know I want to buy Brent Crew Futures uh, I've got this stop loss uh, whatever it is um, and Brent Crew does go up yeah. but they still lost money so how does that happen? because their stop was too tight. They yeah. put their stop in without factoring in volatility, uh, uh, normalized volatility. They didn't factor in you know, the, what to do in the cause of an event or yeah. to, these kind of things. And ultimately they were, quotations, right, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're right. It's about execution. How did you put, mm. did you, okay, you thought oil was going up. Did you wait until 10 in the morning instead of eight in the morning yeah. to do it? And in two hours, the Brent crew went up $3. It's a bit quite literally one directional to say, I was right, it went up. And that's yeah. what so many people do. Yeah. They say, oh, well, you know, I'm hedging. Well, I think that I'm trying to protect myself from the oil prices. Yeah, well, execution yeah. is a huge part of that. Okay. Aggressive in your entry. Right. aggressive in your exit when you make a decision have the courage of your convictions all these kind of things all these we things. can talk about them another yeah, time definitely but just to finish that nicely thanks very much for listening guys and as always contact details should be available uh, on the um, yeah contact on, details on, below I'm Rich, on, uh, R. Rawlinson at onxcapitaladvisory.com uh, alternatively you can get us on the website you can yep. get us on LinkedIn emails Instagrams we're everywhere we're everywhere now <laughs> thank you very much for listening uh, we shall speak to you soon thanks, thanks Greg cheers